Okay, welcome back to another episode. Hope everybody's doing well. <clears throat> we got to get into the NFC, uh, my NFC division conference, my conference predictions. I'm going to go through every division. Uh, I, I, you know, we got to talk about the schedule. The NFL scheduling has came out. We knew what, what team is going to play which. We just didn't know when. Um, but I, I, the scheduling the scheduling is interesting. I got a couple key points that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm on schedule. I'm all, I'm, I'm, we're, we're talking about the NFL schedule throughout this entire podcast. Um, I, I, I cannot wait to break it down. It's, it's, real, it's really interesting to see. Um, to see how certain networks uh, pick out these games, I, I noticed something um, with what a certain network did. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to that after I break down a couple of these team schedules and also give my conference predictions. So my NFC predictions are on the way right after this quick break. Everybody's doing well. Um, I hope everybody's doing well from, from, from wherever you're listening from. I hope everybody's doing well. Thank you guys for streaming this podcast on uh, the platforms that you guys use, whether it be Apple, Spotify, uh, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, all the different platforms that you guys use to stream this podcast. Thank you guys and continue to stream um, and spread the word. <clears throat> Now, I, and I hope everybody is healthy out there. I hope everybody is doing well and healthy. Uh, I know in the DMV area, there's been some rain and some chilly temperatures. So maybe that, so hopefully that's helping keep, you know, keep people out of the streets um, and staying home and quarantining so we can all get through this. <clears throat> so I have my NFC predictions. But before I give you guys that, I just want to say that like the scheduling you don't really, I don't think that like the casual quote unquote fan realizes how important the scheduling is. And when they, when teams play certain teams and new coaches and new coordinators, I took that all into account. Um, now, like I said, like I said for AFC, like the previous podcast, when I did my AFC predictions, as like I said, it's, er, it's early, it's an early prediction. Um, I probably won't change none of these predictions unless a significant injury happened. I probably won't change none of these, uh, n- like none, like absolutely none of these predictions, because uh, now I have the schedule in front of me. We might, I'm gonna go through a couple of couple AFC teams um, schedules, and I might give a extra, I might give wins to you know an extra team or two, but we're gonna get through this thing. Um, I, I, you know, I was excited when I saw the schedule. Because this is a great, this is the great talking point. I mean, the scheduling is important, and I'm going to show you guys how important it is, or how I, how, how it, you know, how I perceive the schedule with certain teams at play. I mean, it, this, 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 this schedule, scheduling could either make or break a team uh, late or early in the season, or midway through the season. You never know. So let's get into the NFC predictions, and then we're going to scoop right down the scheduling. So for my NFC predictions, we're gonna go division by division. Now, the NFC East, I know the boys out Vegas are very high on the Cowboys. I'm particularly not. And 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 now seeing the schedule and when they play certain teams, I'm definitely. I, it, it just it just reassures uh, my my take on the Cowboys and how I think their season is gonna go. We're gonna start out in the NFC East. <clears throat> the NFC East. I had Philadelphia winning the NFC East at ten and six. I think Philly, um, they got better on defense, especially in the secondary. Adding Darius Slay at DB, 
they fixed. Philly went after their needs. Philly solved their needs. Philly needed a receiver. They went out and got a receiver. They need. They 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 needed to upgrade their secondary a little bit. That's what they did. They got Darius Slay, a, a you know a a, a lockdown corner. Uh, you know, Jalen Rager out of TCU. I really like him. He's a burner. He's a deep threat. They needed somebody to, that that can, that can provide uh, that ability to take the top off the defense. Um, something that Philadelphia was missing all last year, and they were still able to win the division uh, despite being banged up, despite not having the represent weapons at Carson Wentz disposal. They were still able to win the division somewhat, some way, somehow. I love, I like, Dar- I like Doug Peterson as a coach, especially offensively. Uh, I saw that they, you know, I mentioned already about the Jalen Hurts uh, draft pick. I liked it because, I mean, with Carson Wentz, you know, he, he, as far I like his talent. I like, I love what he did at the at the closing at the ending part of the season, but he couldn't stay healthy. He got hurt in the playoff game, so he he, he so he's. He's only completed one playoff. He only completed one pass in his playoff career. So I don't know if he's reliable, but you have Jalen Hurts. I think a reliable quarterback, a quarterback that fits Philly's play style, that's similar to, fairly similar to Carson Wentz, mobile, strong arm. That's what he, that's what you have in play. So I think the Eagles win the division uh, at ten and six. Uh, second, I have the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I, I, I told you guys, I'm not huge on the Cowboys. Um, they, I, I'm just not huge on them. I, I'm not huge on the Cowboys. Uh, I, lo- I like what they do on, on, on offense. Offensively, they're going to they're gonna provide a lot of fireworks. They're going to score a lot of points offensively. But defensively, I, that's why I scratch my head. It's a head scratcher. I think they have lost too many key parts um, during the offseason. And, yeah, everybody, you know, I see Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. They're giving the Cowboys a great draft grade, um, you know, going after CeeDee Lamb. Some think he's the best receiver in the draft. Uh, you know, fixing up, going after some young cornerbacks. You know, so they're getting good draft grades, and everybody loves their offense. But I still, I, I still question... You know, new system, new system, and the defense that they have, I don't know how strong it is. Uh, Leighton Vanderish, I haven't heard much about his health status. Uh, I think he'd be fine. And when he's on the field, he's productive. But I know he has chronic neck issues. And then I worry about that secondary. It's a young secondary that the Cowboys have. Uh, they play against some. They they play against some pretty good quarterbacks. Um, I'm gonna dig more deep into their schedule and what and you guys so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But I have the Cowboys at nine and seven. I have the Cowboys at nine and seven. Uh, the Giants at six and ten. They're young. Uh, Philly and Dallas, both teams ahead of them, are clearly better than the Giants. But they're young. Uh, they 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 drafted well for the most part. I just don't think they will have enough to compete in the NFC or in their division. And then I had the Redskins at 5 and 11. Um yeah, I mean, they're not a bad team, but they're they're certainly in rebuilding mode. They're not ready to win or compete for the division now. Uh we got to see what Dwayne Haskins is. And their front seven is really good and is really talented. They got a lot of talent on the front seven, but I don't that, that I don't think that's going to be enough to carry them to enough you know to carry them to numerous victories. I don't think that's going to be enough. So uh, yeah, that's my NFC East standings: Philly, Dallas, Giants, Skins. Uh, out NFC out the NFC West. Now you guys might find this a little bit interesting, but I have Seattle at twelve and four. I have Seattle at twelve and four. Seattle added a top DB in Quentin Dunbar. Uh, so they 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 strength they got stronger in the secondary. You, they, they add tight end Greg Olson. That's another weapon for Russell Wilson to throw through. Uh, they added Bruce Irvin, and they they drafted well on defense in the, in the draft. They drafted well on defense. I think their defensive draft picks that they have made will turn out to be pretty good. Um, and pretty beneficial to the team. Pete Curl has a good history of drafting. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think I think Seattle will be twelve and four, uh, and will win the division last year. I mean, this year. Look at this. If you take this into account, if Seattle beats the 49ers last year at San Francisco, 
that last game of the year, if, if, if Seattle doesn't have a delay of game, if they don't have a delay of game penalty, Seattle wins that game. Seattle wins that game, and Seattle has the they had they won the division, and they will have a, a top seed in the, in the NFC playoffs, and that playoffs might be to, like totally go different. Plus, Seattle they had a bad luck of injuries; all of their running backs went out. So you may th- you might you might find this as a surprise, but the Seahawks, um, led by Pete Curl and Russell Wilson, who I think is the best quarterback in the NFC. I, it's it's very reasonable to see them going twelve and four. Um, I like this roster. They got better on defense. They're gonna be fine on offense. They have Russell Wilson. They have they have their running backs coming back. I like Seattle. I'm really I'm really sold on Seattle. Uh, the 49ers in second place at eleven and five. I think the 49ers will be really good. Um, so they people are thinking about or questioning the Super Bowl hangover. The 49ers Super Bowl hangover. Er, look early in their schedule. Early in their schedule, it's very favorable for the 49ers. So I don't think you have to worry about them coming out flat um, because they, 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 I'm a, we're going to go over there. We're going to go over their schedule. But the 49ers, I don't think they will have a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think they will come out flat. And I, But, you know, they'll probably have a couple losses early. But um, the Niners at eleven and five, I think that's I think that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. Eleven and five is pretty good. Um, it it may not be enough to win the division, which is crazy. But I think eleven and five would be pretty good. Um, they're deep. They're they they're practically returning everybody on defense. They added they added another deep threat at receiver in the draft. So their offense got better. Their defensive line got better, which was their strongest point of their team. Of their front seven, so I, I like the 49ers go 11 5. Um, third place, Cardinals, Cardinals at eight and eight. Uh, interesting young team. I think Kyler Murray has a good year with, with Clint Kingsbury and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, his new, his new superstar receiver that he has. I think the four, I think the Arizona Cardinals will be a surprising team and be a borderline playoff team. Um, and then the Rams. I don't think the Rams are a bad team necessarily, but I just think they lost too. They lost too much. They lost too many coaches, too many coordinators, uh, bad cap, and they lack a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of depth. They they they're similar to the Cowboys. The the the, the Rams lack depth. They're, I don't think they're deep enough. Um, and like I said, I think they lost too much. I think they lost. I think they lost too much on offense and on defense. Um, coaching wise, coordinators, and with no OTAs and a limit and a probably limited training camp, I think the Rams, you know, they finished seven and nine. Um, and they, I don't think they're going to be a bad team necessarily, but I just don't, I, I just don't see them. I just don't see them finishing better than, uh, definitely not better than the 49ers or Seahawks. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be a two headed race for third place. Um, between Arizona and the Rams, but I just don't. I think I, I'd probably get a, the edge to the to the Rams. I mean, to the Cardinals. Excuse me. On to the NFC North. Um, now this might be surprising as well. I'm gonna have the Vikings at ten and six. I thought the Vikings were the better team last year. Uh, the better team got better this year during the all season. Uh, they drafted Justin Jefferson. Uh, they drafted another receiver. Uh. uh Je- Jefferson Gabney, G- Gabney. Um, they they draft they draft so they drafted two receivers in replacement of Stephon Diggs who they traded, but they drafted well. They have always the, the Vikings usually draft well, and I just thought they had the better roster than Green Bay, and that leads me to my second that that leads me to my second place team, the Green Bay Packers at nine and seven. Now just because I have the Green Bay Packers at nine and seven, um, I still think the Packers are. are they're still a pretty good team. They're, st- they're still a solid team. I think they still make the playoffs. But um, they didn't get better over the offseason. They didn't, they didn't draft particularly well. And they didn't go out and sign anybody in free agency. They, didn't, they still haven't got Aaron Rodgers a reliable number two receiver. So I still see the Packers as, I see them as an offensively limited team. 
Um, so I, I had the Packers at nine and seven. Um, I, I, I still like them. I still, I think, I still think, I still, still think they're a solid playoff team. But uh, I just thought, I just thought Minnesota had the better roster last year, and they, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota still drafted well this year, and they got better throughout the offseason. Packers didn't. Um, I had the Bears at eight and eight. They're mediocre, uh, solid defense, but I think they're just mediocre. We don't even know who their quarterback is. Uh, and then the Lions, they're six and ten. I had the Lions at six and ten. They have the worst coach in the division. Um, yeah, Matt Patricia, he's the he, he's the worst coach in the division. I just don't think he have enough to compete with the Bears, uh, Packers, and Vikings. I just don't. Um, and then in the NFC South, I have the Saints at eleven and five, the Buccaneers at ten and six. Um, now I'm gonna tell you something. The Panthers, Vegas undersell Carolina. The Pan Vegas has Carolina at five and a half wins. Uh, I that this is definitely a over for me with the Panthers. I think the Panthers go about eight and eight. I think the Panthers go eight and eight. They had a good free agency. They went out and got Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, and Russell and Russell Okun. They drafted well in their defensive line. Um and 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 with, and with the coach that they have in Matt, in Matt Rule, I think with the offensive scheme that he's bringing in and the culture he has set, guys like guys on offense like Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, who are really good already, I think they'll get better. Um, so they're bringing in a solid quarterback. Uh, they're adding another receiver, another speedy slot receiver, and Robbie Anderson, Russell Okun, and they drafted well. They drafted guys like Dirk Brown for the defensive line. I like what the I like what the I like what the, the Panthers did this offseason. Um, a lot of people think they are in rebuild mode, but um, the Panthers they're gonna be they're, they're gonna be in a lot of games. I don't see them being a really good team, but they're gonna be a solid team. They're gonna be a so, They're gonna be a pretty decent team. Uh, pretty decent. They're gonna be more decent than what people are giving them credit for. And then I have Atlanta at seven and nine. Um, yeah, I just have Atlanta at seven and nine. I mean. They didn't, I mean, they, they, they added Todd Gurley. They'll be, they'll be okay on offense. I like Matt Ryan. I like Julio Jones. Maybe they can, you know, you, if, 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 you, if you're just so diehard on Atlanta, if you, you, if you want to, you know, stick, out, stick your neck out on Atlanta, hey, put them, on, put them at third place with 8-8. You switch Carolina with Atlanta. But I think Carolina, with, with the, with the offseason acquisitions that they have made, with the team that they have in place already, I think uh, that, you know, I, I just think they're going to be better than what people are giving them. They're going to be pretty decent. Atlanta, they're going to be pretty decent as well, 7-9. That's what I have them. So those are my NFC predictions. Now, mind you guys, this is, this is, this is what? Uh, it's May. We have June, July, August, September, and maybe October. Um, if the season, you know, if the season don't start in September, we have October. So we have uh, we have like four months until the season kicks off. This is an early prediction. Like I said, I probably won't change many of these predictions unless something catastrophic happens to a star player. I probably won't change these predictions. But like, if something ha- if if Russell Wilson gets hurt. Uh, I'm not. I'm not wishing injury on him. I'm knock on wood because I really like those. I, I like Seattle. I like Russell Wilson. But knock on wood. Hey, if, if Russell Wilson gets hurt, of course I'm gonna change my pick from Seattle to 49ers. Uh, you know, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it, of course. But this is an early prediction. Um, obviously, before the season start, I'm gonna come back on here and I'm gonna give you a prediction again. It's probably gonna be very similar. It's gonna be the same. Uh, but this is how I feel about the NFC. Um, now, after the quick break, I'm going to get into the scheduling for certain teams. I'm going to get into the scheduling and what I saw for certain teams. Uh, I, I think you guys might find this interesting, and you might this might justify, this should justify my picks and my predictions. <clears throat>
So, and this, and when when I was, I, I told you guys, I was so excited when this schedule came out. I didn't know what to do. I'm, I'm, you, you hear me right now? I'm full of loss of words because I noticed so many things, and I pointed out so many things within this schedule. I, I looked at certain individual team uh, schedules. I looked at the league schedule and the TV, big time TV games, and. I want to talk about that for a quick second. Not this is not going to be long, but it's just for a quick second. And I don't know. I, I want to, you know, I want to see how you guys. I want, I want you guys to see how I was thinking. So, if you don't know, like I said, the casual fan probably won't notice, but I do. I notice. You or you, you should notice. People usually do notice, though. The AFC CBS takes most of the AFC games. Very rarely you see NFC teams playing on CBS. Very rarely. Unless they're playing an AFC team. But it's still rare. And vice versa goes for Fox. Uh, Fox usually carries the NFC teams. They usually carry the NFC games. And it's very rare when you see an AFC team playing on Fox. Very rare. It can happen sometimes, but it's rare. The AFC has the Fox, the, the AFC has the CBS games or the CBS games. The CBS CBS has the AFC games and Fox have the NFC games. And for years, of course, with Tom Brady being and playing for the Patriots and the Patriots being, you know, the dominant force and just, you know, the dominant force in the AFC for, for the last 20 years. The CBS has heavenly, heavenly relied on the Patriots and Tom Brady to carry those four o'clock window games. Because, you know, usually got your one o'clock games. Usually in the DMV area, they usually show Baltimore one o'clock games on CBS. And then that four o'clock window was always held for the Patriots on CBS with Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is no longer a Patriot, of course. So... CBS, I, I, I'm not so sure about CBS and sold on CBS, but I can probably imagine that CBS probably going to have the Baltimore games on 4 o'clock. They're probably going to carry the Chiefs games at 4 o'clock because now the tide has turned. The AFC is Kansas City and Baltimore. You got, you got some other teams in there like Pittsburgh, who is a notable brand in the AFC, but... The two powers in the AFC is certainly Baltimore and Kansas City. So I, I didn't I didn't really dig in deep into CBS's you know television schedule and how many how many four o'clock games that the Chiefs have, but I can imagine that they have quite a few. But what I did look into was I saw I noticed I looked at the Cowboys schedule and I noticed that the Cowboys were opening up. At L.A., Sunday Night Football. And I know it's small, and I know it's like, what are you talking about? But the Cowboys, usually, home opener is usually, oh, well, season opener is usually at 4 o'clock. It's usually at 4 o'clock on Fox, 425 on Fox, and they're usually playing the Giants. Because for the last, uh, for the last like four years, the Cowboys have opened up with the Giants, four o'clock on Fox. That second game, usually that's how they open up the season. But they're opening up the season at LA, the new at the new stadium, Sunday Night Football. And guess who they replace that game with? So you can imagine. The four o'clock game, season opener, will be played, or will, it, it, it would it would it would host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints because now Tom Brady is a Buccaneer, Drew Brees is a Saint, and you know of course of course we already know that Drew Brees was playing for the Saints, but now Tom Brady's a Buccaneer, and now I I I I, I found that interesting. I didn't put my hand on it, hand on to it, but I heard of Fox. I, I, I was listening to um, a Fox analytic and logistics uh, person, 
He was he, he's the he's the, he's the head of the Fox. He's the head of the Fox analytics and logistics. And he talked about the scheduling. And I knew it was something up with the scheduling different this year. And what the what Fox did, Fox, all of their four o'clock games are either cowboy games or four future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I know some people not, may not find this interesting or intriguing, but or compelling. But I do, I do. I, I I just think I think it's I think it's funny how certain net, how networks pick their games and what games they want because of course Fox is going to have the Cowboy games on four o'clock. It's the Cowboys, notable brand, the biggest brand in the sport, the biggest the biggest sports brand in the world. So of course they're gonna have the Cowboy games, and the Cowboy games are gonna do numbers. Their ratings are always out the roof. But they also have four NFC Hall of Fame quarterbacks, four future Hall of Famers that are also gonna be playing in those four o'clock windows. And that's Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Either those four quarterbacks will be playing or the Dallas Cowboys will be playing. It's a great business move by Fox. It's very smart. Um, I just found that interesting. Now, let's get into the nitty gritty. Because I know a lot of people like, you had the Cowboys at 9-7 and seven and not making the playoffs. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. My playoff teams. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. I forgot to tell you guys. My playoff teams. Seattle. Philadelphia, Minnesota, New Orleans, San Francisco, Packers, and Buccaneers. Those are my playoff teams. Those are my seven playoff teams. I'm going I'm I'm to tell, tell, tell them to you guys again. I'm going to read them out again. San Fr- Seattle, Philly, Minnesota, New Orleans, 49ers, Packers, Bucks. Those are my playoff teams. And, I'm like, and I know some of you guys are like, oh, the Cowboys are not in there. They're 9-7. Now, let me tell you this. <clears throat> Cowboys, I've, I've mentioned this point already about uh, the, the pandemic and COVID-19. As we all know, there's, there's been no OTAs. And I would only suspect that training camp will be limited. And with the Cowboys having a new coach... Dak possibly there's a possibility that Dak may not be at training camp and there's a new coach of Mike McCarthy and a new system has to be installed. Looking at the early part of this schedule, well, just looking at the schedule, just the Cowboys schedule in general, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's it, it, it's tough. It, it, it's tough. It, there's 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 not many breaks in here, but I'm going to tell you. I got them at nine and seven, but I'm gonna tell you the one break that the Cowboys have because I look at the first three weeks. They have at Rams Sunday Night Football, then they play at home versus Atlanta, then they go up to Seattle. That's gonna be very that's gonna be very hard to do and ask Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy to go on a row in L.A. beat the Rams, okay, and then come back home. Beat Atlanta and Matt Ryan, and then go on the road and beat Seattle. Now, best case scenario, the Cowboys start off one and two. That's the best case scenario. Cowboys start off one and two because that's that's hard to ask. Sean McVay and Jared Goff. They've been together for, what, three, four years now? They've been together for three, four years. The Rams know what they have to do. I think both teams, both, both the Rams and Cowboys, are fairly similar in some ways. Uh, Big-time stars, uh, lack depth. Quarterbacks are, um, we're still trying to figure out about their quarterbacks. Jerkoff got paid. Dak has still, at, at this moment, has not gotten paid. And I think that's just too much to ask for. For a new coach going into a new system with a new quarterback, 
I think that's too much to ask for in the first three weeks to go two and one or three and up. So I had the Cowboys going off and starting off one and two because they'll probably beat Atlanta at home. At home after the Sunday night loss, they'll probably go back home beat Atlanta. But then they will have to travel to Seattle, and they have Seattle has a better coach. Seattle has a better defense. Seattle has a better quarterback. I'm gonna take Seattle in that game. But then week four is interesting with, against the Browns because the Browns have a new coach as well. And the Browns will be implementing a new system as well. And that game is at home for the Cowboys. But not just the Browns game, but they have the Browns, Giants, Cardinals, and Redskins. These four weeks, October is going to be the most important month for the Cowboys. If they can beat the Browns, beat the Giants, beat the Cardinals, and beat the Redskins, which all four of these games are winnable, and the Cowboys will probably be favorites, that will help them tremendously. That will either make their season or break their season. And I know it's, I know it's too early to think about it, and I know during, the, during week four, you're like, no, their season's not going to be over by week four. Well, let's say, okay, they lose to Cleveland. But then they win the next three. So they're four and three. But then they will have to play at Philadelphia. I think the Eagles win that game. Then they have to play the Steelers. Depending on Ben Roethlisberger health, I might take the Steelers. Then it's a bye week. But then they have to go to Minnesota. Minnesota's a tough place to play. Minnesota has a better roster. We'll see. Then they had the Redskins. I think they'll win that game. But then they have to go at Baltimore, at Cincinnati. I think they have beat Cincinnati, but that's at Cincinnati December 13th. It's probably going to be cold, frigid, and maybe snow. Then you have to play the 49ers and the Eagles back-to-back. This schedule, week four, week four in the month of October, it's going to be really important for the Cowboys. I'm telling you. It's going to be really important for the Cowboys because they lose week four, and let's just say they lose week four, and they beat the next three. They're four and three, but they lose at Philly. They're four and four. They lose against Pittsburgh. They're four and five. They lose against Minnesota. They're, they're, they're four and six. They're four and six already. They're four and six by November, by November 22nd. They're four and six already. They'll probably have to beat the Redskins. They'll probably beat the Redskins. But then they play Baltimore. They play Baltimore. So the month of October is very important for the Cowboys. It, 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 probably, it probably will make their season or break their season. If they, went on, if they go on to win four straight against, against um, these teams, go on a four-game winning streak, they're in good position. They're in five and two, going to Philly, and then happen to play this tough schedule at the end. That's all I'm saying. That, and that's why I have them at nine and seven. I don't see enough depth in their in, in, in their defense. I think their offense is really good, but their defense worries me. And their offense was really good last year. Their offense was really good last year. The Cowboys' offense was really potent last year, but in the biggest games in in in, in, in terrible weather, they weren't good. Their offense was not productive. So. What's changed this year? Mike McCarthy? We got to see. We, we, we got to see. Maybe he's the difference. But I certainly, for the first three weeks, I strongly, I, strong, it's, I, 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 I strongly think that the Cowboys will go, will finish, they, they'll start one and two the first three weeks. And that's why I say, mark that calendar, Cleveland, October, well, at Dallas, October 4th, Versus the Browns. That's going to be a make or break game for the Cowboys. And by that time, week four, for both teams, the Browns and the Cowboys, we will see which one of these teams are for real and which one of these teams are, you know, frauds. I think the Browns have gotten better. I think the Cowboys 
are are potent offensively. I don't know defensively if they have enough depth, and their secondary is weak. Their secondary is weak, so I had them at nine and seven. That is why I have them at nine and seven. That's why I have them at nine and seven because I, I I'm I'm very eerie. I, I I'm real eerie of the Cowboys in their schedule. Their upcoming schedule, I'm very eerie of it. And if you're a Cowboy fan, I'm not saying you should worry, but boy, oh boy, you had the, you had the teams you were playing, but boy, oh boy, the way how they have this schedule set up, it, 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 it doesn't give the Cowboys no breaks. They're only, the, the only time, the weak part of their schedule is from October 4th through October 25th. October 4th to October 25th, that whole month of October, they need to win that whole month of October to have a shot at the playoffs or to even have a shot to be in a conversation. That's just the way how I'm feeling. So next, um, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, uh, I talk about these teams pretty often. And... Baltimore, I looked at their schedule. I didn't even look at their schedule, but I looked at their schedule last night, and I was having a conversation with a friend who's a, a Ravens fan. And he was very adamant about them being – he was like, he's very adamant about them being a 13-3 or better, a 13-3, or having a 13-3 or or better record. I was like, uh, maybe that's a push. And I mentioned that – I mentioned the fact, you know, the previous episode, I mentioned the fact that, the you know, the Ravens – they were extremely healthy. Uh, Lamar was clicking. Lamar had a great year. He was he was he was ultra dynamic, and they were five and one in one possession games. And typically, in one possession games, they can even go to your they they, they can even they can go either war either way. And sometimes you're just blessed and lucky enough, fortunate enough to have the ball last. So, <clears throat> but with Baltimore, um, I can see them going twelve and four. I can I can see the Ravens going twelve and four this year, um, and I look at their schedule. It's it, it's pretty. It's not that bad. It, it's not that bad. Uh, they got Cleveland the first week. Cleveland the first week I think will be. I think it's an advantage for Baltimore because Cleveland has a new coach trying to work in implement a new system. That game is at Baltimore. I do think Cleveland. I like the matchup between Cleveland and Baltimore as far as like match. And like strengths, I like I, I I like the matchup there. Um, I think Cleveland can give Baltimore secondary some trouble with their with their weapons on the outside and their tight ends. I think they can really give Baltimore defense some trouble. I like that, but I would take Baltimore week one. Uh, that game is at home. Cleveland has a new system with a new coach, quarterback trying to have a better year. I, I, I think Baltimore wins that game. And then they have to go to Houston. I think Baltimore wins that game as well. Uh, Baltimore, I mean, Houston defense is lousy. I think Baltimore wins that game. It's going to be a close one. I think Baltimore wins that game. It's going to be a good good, good, good competition between two really good quarterbacks. I just think Baltimore has a better roster. Then they have Kansas City Monday Night Football. Luckily, that's not at Arrowhead. That's at, MM, that's at MNT Bank Stadium. Uh, that game could go, that game could practically go any way. I I would probably take the Chiefs, but that game could go either way, and it wouldn't surprise me if Baltimore got off to a three and no start. And then after that third game, they have to go to Washington, and then play Cincinnati, and then play Philly, then play Pittsburgh, and then they have a bye. The first seven weeks of the season, Baltimore might be six and one. They might be six and one by the first by the first seven weeks. By week nine, because they had the week they had the bye week in week eight. Um, by week nine, they play Indianapolis. Indianapolis, that's gonna be a tough game. Uh, that that's gonna be a tough game because I really like Indianapolis and I like what they I like what they have. Um, I would probably go Baltimore, but let's just say Indianapolis beats them. Uh, coming off a of bye, let's just say Indianapolis beats them, but they have to go to New England. I think they win that game. Uh, they have to play versus the Titans. I think they win that game. Uh, the Steelers, 
That's a possible win. That's a Thanksgiving Day game. It's at Pittsburgh. Maybe Pittsburgh wins that game. So we're talking about two or three losses by then. Possibly two or three losses. Because the Chiefs could possibly beat the Ravens. And the Eagles could possibly beat the Ravens. And then the Colts. I don't think... I don't see Pittsburgh in week seven. I don't see Pittsburgh beating Baltimore at Baltimore. I think Pittsburgh has a chance to beat Baltimore at Pittsburgh, but not at Baltimore. And then to close out the season, they got Browns, Jaguars, Giants, Bengals. So they got a couple, they got a few rebuilding teams by, 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 you know, that late latter part of their, their schedule. So this is a favorite schedule for Baltimore. And, they're de- they they definitely can get eleven and five, but I, looking at this schedule, they don't have to travel. Um, I think Baltimore has the fewest miles to travel throughout the season. Fewest miles to travel throughout the season. They don't have to go out to the West Coast like yeah, like last year. Last year, uh, Baltimore played uh, up Seattle. They play um in Bo- and they played in L.A. They had to go- they had to travel out west a couple times. That's not the case here. That's not the case here. Baltimore doesn't have to travel out west. Uh, they're tough. A lot of their tough games are at home, so that's a plus. They play Kansas City at home. They play Cleveland at home once. Pittsburgh at home once. Um, Tennessee at home. That's that 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 might be a little tough one. Um, you know that's gonna that's gonna be a revenge game because you know Tennessee. You know, handed it to him in the postseason in that divisional game uh, of last year. So that's going to be interesting to see. But Baltimore twelve and four looks pretty decent. Cleveland nine and seven does not sound as bad. And I talked about Cleveland's schedule last year because boy oh boy, early in the year, Cleveland like the first six weeks, September October, Cleveland did not have a break, and that's what that's what ultimately. <laughs> That's what ultimately did their season in October. September, October was hell for Cleveland last year. Not this year. Now at Baltimore, that's a tough game. I I, I count that as a loss. But they didn't have. They have a couple rebuilding teams right here. The first, the, 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 the next two weeks versus Cincinnati. So both of these games are at home. Cincinnati and Washington. I think those are two good. I think those are two good wins that Cleveland could get. Uh, then they have to go. They have to travel to Dallas. I don't like Dallas defense. Um, that 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 has the potential for, for a lot of points. Cleveland's offense, Dallas offense. I don't trust Dallas defense. We'll see. I like I like Cleveland's defense more than like Dallas defense. So we'll see how that transpired. But uh, this would be that that would be an interesting game right there. Uh, then we have at Indianapolis. Yeah, they have. Indianapolis at home, then they have to go to Pittsburgh, to Cincinnati, then the Raiders, then the Texans. So then these next three games, October 25th through November 15th, at Cincinnati versus the Raiders versus the the Texans, they have back-to-back-to-back bad defenses. So this is, I think, then they have after Philly, they have Jacksonville at Tennessee, then Baltimore, and then the Giants, Jets, and Steelers. So nine and seven is doable for the for the Browns. Nine and seven is doable for the Browns in the, in, with this schedule. I don't sound crazy after all. I don't sound crazy after all. Nine and seven is doable. It's it's doable. Uh, with, with it's doable with this schedule with the Browns. It it is. It certainly is. I don't see why the Browns can't win. Nine games. I mean, with the roster that they have, the weapons that they have, um, if Kevin Stefanski is as good as we think he is as a coach and as an offensive mind, uh, I don't see why the Browns can't win and squeeze out nine wins. Nine wins. Not, not, not saying 10, 11, nine. Nine and seven, and I think they're a playoff team. I told you that previous podcast. I think they're a playoff team. I think they will squeeze right into the playoffs with that nine and seven record um, coming out of the AFC North. Uh, Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger. That's the that, like. If it's one team that I had a question mark about, that is the team that I have a question mark about. Because Lord, Lord knows I love the Steelers. I love the Steelers roster. I love Mike Tomlin. I love the Steelers culture. But first. 
first, 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 first and foremost, they need to go out and get Cam Newton as a backup. The Steelers need to go out and get Cam Newton as a backup quarterback. That that because the, the dudes that they have, Mason Rudolph, no disrespect, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, just not gonna get it done. And there, there there's lingering reports. There is there is a multitude of reports that that's questioning or that's questioning Ben Roethlisberger's health, his fitness. His how how I mean how conditioned how ready is Ben Roethlisberger going to be, and that's the one question mark for the Steelers. I like I like their roster overall. I mean, please, I like their roster overall, and I know Steeler fans they're gonna they they're not gonna like this take. I like their roster, but I, you until they get a serviceable backup, which I think Cam Newton would fit perfect with with, with the Steelers. They got a good defense. Got some weapons on offense. Uh, great coach, great culture. So I, I, he like Cam Newton. Not gonna, he's not gonna hit the way his attitude is not gonna disrupt what Pittsburgh has going on or what Pittsburgh has going on for the last 60, 50 years. Like his attitude is not gonna disrupt that. That's a, that's a culture that he's not gonna be able to break. He's gonna have to mold himself into that culture. And he will, if, if if Pittsburgh went out and got him, he will. He he would he would mold himself into that into that attitude into into that culture. Um, and I, I told I tell you I'm really telling you guys I like the Steelers roster a lot, I really do. But there's there there's 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 question marks about Ben about Ben's health. There's question marks. If there's question, if Ben was coming back healthy, if they're saying Ben looks better than ever, okay, I like Pittsburgh, but this is what I mean, and this is what I mean about you know catastrophic injuries, injuries happening, knock on, knock on wood, injuries happening. If Ben doesn't come right, if he does, if he doesn't come back right, and Pittsburgh has Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges as their quarterback, don't love him. <laughs> I don't love him, and Pittsburgh fans. They can admit they don't love Meaver. They don't love Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges, I mean, they, I mean Pittsburgh was still in playoff contention. Now, I, I get on Cam Newton a lot. I get on him a lot about him being a mediocre quarterback, but him being a great talent. He is a great talent, but I get on him a lot for his, uh, for you know, his 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 lacks, his weaknesses. I get on him a lot, but he is certainly better than Duck Hodges. And Mason Rudolph, he's certainly better, and he's. I think he'd be. I think he'd just be a better fit for Pittsburgh. Honestly, I think he'd be a better fit for Pittsburgh. So I, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm signing Cam Newton as a backup because I am unsure about Ben Roethlisberger's health. And Ben Roethlisberger has never been the the workout freak type of guy. He's never been that type of guy. He, he he's not he's not real strict on his diet. Nah, nah that's not Ben. That's not Ben. So Pittsburgh, they, you know, they, they got to work that thing out. Um, we're going to go over the Patriots schedule um, just after this quick break. We're going to go right into the Patriots schedule. Um, yeah, we're going to go right into this, Patri- this New England Patriots schedule. I cannot wait. Let's get it. Patriots can go seven and nine this year. Um, that that division, the AFC East, is going to be pretty boring. Um, no, I, I don't think. Like I said, I told you guys, Miami. I like Miami. I think they're on the rise. I think they're going to be eight and eight. But uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to see Tua this year. I don't think. They, I think they're going to redshirt Tua. The Bills, I like them, but uh, they're not quite Super Bowl contenders. But they're good enough to. They're good enough to get to the playoffs. And I think they're the best. They're I think they're the best team. They're the most complete team in that division. And I was looking at the Patriots schedule. I looked at the Jets schedule. 
Uh, I'm kind of competent with seven and nine. I, 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 I mean, I'm complacent with seven and nine. Excuse me, I'm complacent with seven and nine. Um, cause they're they're scheduled for them too. But looking at the Patriots' schedule, it's not easy. It is not easy. And usually, you know, the last the past twenty years, it seems like the Patriots always get the easy schedule. But uh, that is not how it went down. They have Miami week one at Miami. It's going to be hot. Then they have to travel to Seattle. They have Oakland, but then they have to travel to Kansas City. (laughs) So the first four weeks of the season, Belichick and his defense and his team and Jerick Stidham have to go against the the first, out of the first four weeks, two weeks, Jerick Stidham will have to go against the first and second best quarterbacks in football in Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Denver is going to be pretty good. I like Denver. I think their defense, would, I think their front seven is brutal. I like it with Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, Jarrell Casey. I love their front seven. Oh, yeah, they have to play the 49ers. Then they have the, then they have the Bills. Not to mention the latter part of the season, they have Baltimore, Houston, Arizona, Chargers, Rams. Doesn't help. It, it doesn't help. And it's this is kind of weird, too, because... Week 13 and 14, they play the Chargers and the Rams. So they play the Char- They play both L.A. teams back-to-back, so they're staying in L.A. With the, with the lack of offensive production, with the lack of playmakers on the outside, on the perimeter, which in today's NFL, you know, you traditionalists can say line play, line play, line play, and line play – Certainly still does matter. Line play does matter. Not saying it doesn't matter. But the receiver position, tight ends, they're much more important. They're much more important. They're much more important nowadays. It's a vertical game. It's about scoring points. It's about playmakers, having playmakers on the outside. And as you go down this schedule, even teams like Oakland, I mean, well, no, not Oakland, sorry. Even teams like the Las Vegas Raiders, you look at them, you're like, they got more weapons on the, on the perimeter. Houston, I'm not a big fan of Houston, but they got receivers. They got Deshaun Watson. They, they got, they, they're explosive offensively. Arizona, the Chargers, the Rams. You look at these teams that my that 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 New England plays, you're like, they got a better offense than New England. They got a better new offense than New England. They got a better offense than New England. They have better weapons than New England. So I'm looking at this schedule and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think they win seven games. They win seven games. They can maybe they can speak out seven and nine, maybe eight and eight, but. Their schedule, it's tough. It's tough in travel. It's tough in the offenses that they're going to have to play and face, that they're going to have to match, you know? Plus, you know, I know everybody likes to bring up the way how Belichick, you know, Matt Castle, he did it with Matt Castle. He won 11 games with Matt Castle. And then they, you know, to bring up, oh, they, he, he won, he, he played four games without Jimmy, he played four games without Tom Brady. And they and he placed in Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Guess what's Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady? His his years in New England, you know, including those years that you guys love to bring up with Matt Castle and Jimmy Garoppolo. Guess what Bill Belichick's record is in New England without no Tom Brady? Eighteen and nineteen. He's 18 and 19 as a coach without Tom Brady in New England. This is still with a pretty good owner. This is still with a pretty good roster, with, some, with great defensive players, with his defensive mind. 18 and 19. That's all. 18 and 19, that's all. But then, let's look at the Buccaneers schedule. Because this is going to be the comparison game, you know? New England and the Buccaneers and Tom Brady 
a lot of eyes going to be on them. Tampa Bay storylines with Tom Brady and Tampa Bay storylines out of the roof. I told you guys early in the pod, Fox is a, that with with what Fox did was a smart business move. <laughs> that was a smart business move. That was smart. They got they, for, for their for their four o'clock games for their prime time window those prime time window games. Fox was like, "Give me the Cowboys and give me four Hall of Fame quarterbacks, four of the best future Hall of Fame quarterbacks." That's what Fox got. That's what that's practically what Fox got. Fox, because they knew the Cow- Cowboys. Any 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 anybody that has the Cowboys on their television set, it's going to do ratings. It, the, the, the numbers are going to go off the roof. Like I said, biggest brand in the world, biggest sports brand in the world. But then you add the fact that you give me Russell Wilson. You give me Russell Wilson one week. You give me Drew Brees and Tom Brady in one week. You give me Aaron Rodgers another week. And then you give me Brady and Brees again? Eh, I, I like it. I, I like it. And let's look at the Buccaneers' schedule. Because Tampa Bay, a lot of headlines around them. A lot of headlines surrounding them. They get, they get at New Orleans early. But I don't know if you guys have paid attention in, in past years, in recent years. New Orleans isn't very good in the season opener. New Orleans actually is 1-4 in their season openers. Without last year's debacle of the Houston Texans last year in the season opener. I don't know if you guys remember, Houston, you know, had an episode. Houston had an episode last year, and, you know, New Orleans snuck out of there with the win. But, um... Without that win, New Orleans in the last five years would be 0-5 in season openers. But then they have Carolina. Then they have at Denver, which is a break. Denver, at Denver, week three in September. Not going to be cold. Uh, Denver don't even know if their franchise guy is their franchise guy. I think Drew, I think Drew Locke is going to be good because I like this Denver roster. I think he's going to be good, but we got to see. Then he has versus Chargers, at Bears, Green Bay. A lot of these cold weather teams that New England, that Tampa Bay could be possibly facing, they're not facing. Like it's not like they have to go to Green. They don't. They don't have to go to Chicago in December. They don't have to go to Denver in December or November. They don't have to go to these. They don't have to go to New York in December. They go to New York in October, and they go to Chicago in September, and they go to Denver in September. So they 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 got they got a, they definitely Tampa Bay got a def they definitely got a schedule break because they got perimeter weapons and Bruce Arians like to throw the ball down the field. So this helps them out a lot. Um, in the latter in the latter end of their schedule, they got Atlanta. Who I don't think I think seven and nine is is the best case scenario for Atlanta. They got the Lions. The Lions are not very good. I, I mean, by that time, week sixteen, Matt Patricia. I mean, the Lions would be dead. The Lions would be the Lions would be. They have their foot on the on the, on the E on E. They they'd be on E by that time, week sixteen. Did the Lions be on E? So so you're talking two two wins. You're talking three possible easy. Easy victories at the end of the season, at the latter part of the season. I, I like this. I, I like Tampa Bay's schedule. I, I certainly like I, I like Tampa Bay's schedule. Um, and then lastly, a team, um, the AFC, the AFC champions, the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought they had a good break too. Late December, they're in Florida. Then Florida in December. They got Tampa Bay, November 29th, in Florida. They got to play Denver, Sunday Night Football, but then they go right back down to Florida and Miami, at at Miami. Then they have at New Orleans, latter part of the year. Then they have Falcons and Chargers. But like I said, by that time, Falcons would probably be dead. They'd be dead fish. They'd be dead birds. (laughs) The Falcons by week 16, December 27th, will probably be dead birds by then. They'll probably be dead birds. Um, but then, you know, you start off the season with Houston. Houston defense is awful. 
Mahomes, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fireworks show. Then you go at Chargers. I, mm, I like the Chargers a lot, but you know, it's Kansas City. I think Kansas City wins that game. But then, you know, at Baltimore, that's gonna be a tough game. But then you have Patriots, Raiders, who are lousy on defense. At Buffalo, Kansas City like to throw the ball a lot. They go to Buffalo early October. So that's a plus. They don't have to play Buffalo in December in the middle of a snowstorm. Uh, they got at Denver. And then Jets, Carolina, then Panthers. So this, you know, that that you know, that middle part of the schedule for, for Kansas City. It's really favorable. So um, Kansas City, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with. I'm still gonna stick with eleven and five, but their schedule, their schedule is much more favorable than what I thought. Because when I saw that they had road games at at Denver, at Buffalo, you know, at some of these other places at Buffalo, at ben, I was like, ah, oh, you know, they like to throw the ball a lot. They're they're you know they they're, they're vertical. They they rely heavily on the on the vertical threat. So they don't have to play. They don't have to play in these in the in these. In, they don't have to like. They don't have to go to Buffalo in December. <laughs> they don't have to play Denver in late November. They play those teams early, earlier than you know, than which is good. The earlier the better for Kansas City. So uh, that will do it. Thank you guys for listening to another part to another episode of the podcast of the IKP. Um, the Michael Jordan doc, we're going to, I I got something, um, after on Monday, coming up on Monday, I got something interesting for the Michael Jordan doc. I'm going to get into some things. I'm going to tell you guys, uh, which, you know, where every character lie, um, and how I feel about every character, because then this Sunday we have episodes seven and eight, and that would, that would only leave us with two more episodes of the last dance doc. The doc has been really good. Um, There's been a lot of controversy surrounding it this past week with uh, former players coming out and talking about how they feel. And, you know, uh, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? Uh, But this scheduling thing was really good. Um, Great timing. Like I said, I like how the NFL is sticking to their big guns. Roger Goodell, you know, those people that, you know, that give him a lot of heat. I, I the one thing I can say, the NFL is consistent and they're sticking to their big guns and they're bringing a sense of normalcy because they scheduled these games as if by September, by September the 13th, we're going to be ready. And hopefully they're right and hopefully we are ready. You know, we, hopefully the country is in a is in a it's in a well stable position in a better position where Football can be played. NFL can be played. NFL season, uh, cross your fingers. Cross NBA season, cross your fingers. I don't, I don't know. Cross your, cross your fingers. I, I heard that uh, Adam Silver was in the conference call with some players. They discussed some ideas. Cross your fingers. Uh, I'm, I'm not so, I'm not so sold on that. But NFL season, I like how the way the NFL is sticking to their big guns. They don't care what social media and what Twitter and what IG thinks. Love it. Absolutely love it. I catch you guys um, on Monday. You know, we're going to talk about the last dance, Doc. Uh, I can't wait. Keep tuning in. Keep clicking. Yeah. This has been good. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yep. Means a lot. All right. Gone. Peace.